Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. I told my wife, I think, I think the thing I love the most after my wife and my kids are slot receivers. <laughs> because they are typically one of the most productive positions in the outfit. Probably the toughest thing is when you don't have a guy. That Broadcasting play. live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. It's really starting to feel like football season. The Packers are practicing in pads. The Badgers have media day today. Alex Strofe is out there. That means Alex G, America's favorite Alex, is behind the glass here at the Everlight Solar Studio. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Alex G, if the mountains are blue, you know what to do. And that's Crush of Coors Light. And uh, Chris Orr is in with me today, just like he was yesterday. Chris, welcome back. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Talk some Badger ball. Talk some Packers ball. It is feeling like football season, man. It it's is. Do you get that? I mean, obviously you played in the USFL this year. Mm-hmm. so And, uh, you know, teams are interested in you in the NFL. But do you start feeling that itch or is it like the smell in the air of like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah your body's like, hey, it's time to hit someone. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's that time. Your endorphins get triggered around this time of year for sure. It's getting closer. You can smell the grass. You know, you the steam coming off the grass and the turf. It's getting hot. It's that time, man. It's that time to shorten some necks, crack some skulls. <laughs> it is football season. We are not that far away. I mean, really, it's like a month. Yeah. yeah and it's not things far. get rolling, and yeah. the Badgers will kick off against Buffalo. And that's where we're going to start today is, is Badger football, Chris. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, we'll hear from uh, the actual audio from Coach Fickle and others throughout the day as it was Badger Media Day. And a lot of talk about some of the new players for the Badgers, a lot of the transfers, because first time that they've been able to talk about them some. But we did a little bit about this yesterday as far as, like, what are you most excited about for Badger football this year? And that's why I'm going to open up the phone line, start the show, 844-770-3776. What has you most excited about Badger football this year? And Chris, I'll leave it. It's open ended. But what do you? What has you the most excited about Badger football this year? I mean, I think it's obvious. I think it's the offense. You know, it's going to be a completely different look for Badger football than we've had in decades, to be honest. So it's going to be a different look. It's going to be a different feel around the Badgers. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. It'll bring some excitement to the program for sure. I'm ready to see the the scoreboard get light up, man. But it's going to be different. It's going to be different. My heart is still with the. 10-7 games, man, just because I'm a defender, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun to see us put up, you know, 40 points a game, hopefully. Like, 40-10 to 10 is still fun, though, as a yeah, defender. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, uh, that's still fun. <laughs> <laughs> because then you get to kind of pin your ears back yep. and attack. Mm-hmm. Get and, the tee off. Yeah, talk yeah. a little bit more trash. For and, sure. And, and <laughs> for the, sure. the soul has been taken out. There is... We talk about that as well, and again, 844-770-3776, if you want to chime in, what are you most excited about for Badger football this year? We'll post an Iron Jack poll question, but we'll give you some options. Uh, as Once we get a few that we like, we'll post them up yeah. there. But again, you can chime in, 844-770-3776. What are you most excited about for Badger football this year? Complimentary football, as we just kind of touched on it, but what does that mean to you, Chris? Because I think that's where, we've talked about it before with the Packers, where right. their defense, I thought was a defense that was kind of a front-running defense. Like if you got in front, mm-hmm. that defense was built 
to attack, and if they had a lead, right. you could really put some uh, offenses in bad spots, and if you can make you one-dimensional, that defense is really good. If it was right. a back-and-forth game, we saw that plenty of times with the Packers when they had to, like, backbone up and get a stop. You know, San right. Francisco would run out the clock on them, kick a field goal. We saw Detroit do it. We mm-hmm. saw these teams do it. But with Badger football, same idea, complimentary football, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's just a it's just a philosophy of your of your team. You know, it used to be, you know, under Coach Chris and even under Bielema, even though we were putting up more points, but the thought was in a pro style offense, you run the ball, you drain the clock, you get some stops defensively, you want to end your drives with points, even if it's just a field goal. So you're getting up. Uh, special teams becomes vital in those offenses. You know, you want to pin the pin the defense down. I mean, pin the opposing team's offense. You know, in their own territory, so your defense starts with better field position. But now, you know, when you're a high powered offense, it's it's a little different. Your defense. Honestly, all you're asking for your defense is, and hey, we need three stops right off the bat because yeah. we, we figured we're going to get up by 21 points. We feel like we're going to score every possession. So it, it'll be more attacking, and your defense just needs to start fast. Once they start fast, you get ahead, then they can actually start pinning their ears back because if you're up by 21 points even in the first half, you know, that's <laughs> that's time to tee off as a defense as well. That's when you see more turnovers start to accumulate, stuff like that. And the only other part of that is – you might give up a little more on defense just because you're playing more snaps. So you might give up a couple more points, but you almost – I don't want to say you don't care about it, but the thought is that we're going to get those right back. We just need you to get three more stops than they can or a couple more turnovers than they will. So it's almost like a – it turns into like a basketball game, to be okay. honest. It's like we're shooting threes. As long as you keep them making twos and hitting the free throw line, we'll win this game. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What are you most excited about for this Badger football team? And mm. you talked about it a little bit with this fast paced offense. It could wear out the defense a little bit. Yeah. We could see uh, some players coming in mm-hmm. that will play more. One that I wanted to get to, and I think this can be one of the options we have out there as well. Tim in Oregon chimes in. He's looking for an eleven win season. The Ooh. schedule is favorable, which I do agree on. That the yeah. schedule. Does allow itself, especially with some of the big games the Badgers have that are at home. Mm-hmm. It does at least provide the opportunity for sure. And this is a lot of the same. You said this yesterday, Chris. A lot of the same players as mm-hmm. last year, but there's transfers. So that's another one I want to put up there as an option when we end up posting the Iron Jack poll question. And again, you can chime in with your options as well. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What are you most excited about Badger football? Mm-hmm. I want to see how these transfers fit. Yeah. I mean, you have Mordecai, obviously, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. But then you have uh, Renfro on the offensive line, Jake Renfro, a transfer yeah. from Cincinnati. Uh, I think that one is important. Mm-hmm. Where does he fit? Uh, and then you have uh, also uh, Bryson Green, yeah. wide receiver, Oklahoma State. Luke mm-hmm. Fickle said today he's probably the strongest receiver they have on the team. Oh, wow. He caught 36 passes for 584 yards, five touchdowns last year yeah. before transferring to the Badgers. Mm-hmm. And then you have Will Pauling, another transfer. I believe he's from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. CJ Williams is the the least proven, but yeah. the most maybe the most uh, accolade one there yeah. with I think four stars. So this receiving core has a lot of transfers. I think there's some corner transfers as well. There's a lot of transfers that I think uh, are going to have an impact uh, with mm-hmm. this football team. Yeah, I think I think the important thing is not only just do we have a lot of transfers, but we have transfers at key positions. So yeah. we lost Graham Mertz, and uh, he was a starter for years. Now you get to replace him with somebody with starter experience who's put up a lot of points in a similar style offense with 
Tanner Mordecai. Uh, you got Renfro coming in at the center position, you know, which will allow Bort to play guard, probably what he's more comfortable at, you know. So so we get to solidify that. But also, you know, the, the DB transfers, you know, how we talked about how you're going to have to rotate just being on defense with a high-powered, up-tempo offense. You're going to have to rotate because you're going to be playing a lot of snaps. Uh, the wide receiver transfers as well, they're going to be rotating a lot because you're playing an up-tempo offense. They're going to be going vertical a lot, race for space plays. So they're going to have to rotate, which is good. It's good that we have that much depth. You know, you're going to need – that's the most important thing when you switch to this style is depth. Before, you didn't need as much depth because you were able to catch your breath. We're huddling. You know, we're, we're taking – we're milking the clock. We're taking all the uh, play clock uh, down to five every time. So your defense is getting a rest. Your offense is getting a rest. But now with the up-tempo and adding that depth – it's going to be important. It's going to be vital for the for the long run. I mean, you look at the cornerback position because this mm-hmm. is we talked about it before a three three five defense. I mean, they've added a lot of players. Yeah, they they added uh, Boston College transfer Jason Matier uh, in the slot, mm-hmm. but they also added um, early enrollees and you know I'm still learning everyone's name, but uh, <laughs> Jonas Duclona, uh, Jace Arnold. Uh, they also added Nizir Forquarn, uh, for a D2 transfer, an All-American from Grand Valley State. Mm. And I know that's Grand Valley State, but he had 37 tackles, four interceptions, 14 pass breakups. Mm. So that's a guy that made some plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also added the transfer from Air Force, Michael Mack. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of players that are going to come in and, and have an opportunity to I would say make a difference. Let alone, we don't know at all what Amari uh, Snowden or AJ Tisdale could be either. Right. And those are some also yeah. freshmen. The other guys that enrolled early, so that secondary has a lot of fresh bodies in there, mm-hmm. in, including rolling back some some good players like, like Hallman and Smith from last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this sure. is this is a team that the new look defense is the next one I want to put on the on the list. There, yeah, Chris. for sure, for sure, for sure. You you have no choice but to. You know, there's just a, a lot of unproven talent out there, guys that have talent, guys that have made plays, and now they're going to be having the keys to the defense. You know, instead of being rotational guys, they'll get the balance. I mean, battle for the starting position, starting role, battle for the chunk of the reps. So it's going to be fun, man. It's it's intriguing to look at look at and. It's going to be fun to hear the reports coming out of camp and who's stepping up, who's climbing the depth chart. You know, once you actually start to solidify the depth chart and, you know, see who's going to travel, who's going to play, everybody's probably going to play just because of, you know, like we said before, the style of football that they're going to have to play now. Everybody in the two deep is probably going to play, to be honest. Uh, 844-770-3776. I think the last one we'll put on here, I think we're going to go with new offense, mm. new defense, mm. New players, yeah, a lot of new players in there. A lot of new players, and I just think the last option should just be like Luke Fickle, yeah, like as as the head coach of yeah. the Badgers and what that the Luke Fickle mm-hmm. effect, yeah, for sure. And we don't even know what that will be, for sure, for sure. But th- that's another thing, Chris. You touched on a little bit uh, yesterday, but the effect that Luke Fickle could have on this team mm-hmm. really could invigorate. It's a lot of the same players, but motivation matters. Yes, for sure. Motivation does matter. Motivation matters. Because confidence comes from the motivation. You know, you get confidence from your leader. And the, the leader of your college football team is ultimately the head coach. And then you have your, your leaders on the team. But everybody, everything points to the head coach. It points to his yeah. attitude, his energy that he's going to bring. And that's what you're going to see on the field. You're going to see his energy. You're going to see whatever he is preaching, you know, all year. You're going to see that manifest from the players on the field. So the way he leads this team is going to be vital. You know, we're, we're going to see it, you know, throughout the year. I'm, I'm excited to see it because um, – 
you know, you can you you can look at his success at Cincinnati, but it's a different game coming back to the Big Ten. And even though he's coached here before, you know, he did it at Ohio State when he was the interim head coach and stuff like that. But you know, it's different now that you're on the other side of the Big Ten. You know, um, you got a fresh <laughs> fresh slate. You got a fresh slate. Every you're, everything's in your control. You know, you're getting a lot of transfers in here. You got a lot of buzz behind the program. So now everybody wants to see you know that product come to life. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What are you most excited about for Badger football this year? Our Iron Jack poll question will give you options, uh, but you can chime in with whatever you want. But we're going to go with new look offense, mm-hmm. new look defense, new players, or the fickle effect yeah. as a coach. And that's a lot to that's be excited lot. about uh, going into Badger football this year because there's all these other things too. What does Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi yep. look like in this offense? Mm-hmm. What can the the stat what Jim Ray DK look mm-hmm. like in this offense? I we don't I mean Tanner Mordecai falls into that yeah. uh, that category of new players, but there's just so much is going on to it. it even simple things like they have a different uh punter. Yeah. Uh they uh, an Australian punter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bertrams. Yep. So, like, what is what is Atticus Bertrams going to be? Yeah. It sounds like a made up Madden that, player, but like, that's that, another thing. That means you're not going to see the pro style uh, punt anymore. You know, where everybody's in tight and kicking on the rail. You know, <laughs> you probably know what that means if you if you were in the Badger football program. But now everybody's going to be spread out. You get a lot of athletes on the field on punt. Uh, you get that rugby style kick, which is going to be rolling everywhere. You know, hopefully not many returns. Probably under under that circumstance, your your gunners aren't as important. They can't just vice your gunners. So, yeah, every everything is going to look different. Literally every phase of the game is going to look different. I think what I'm most excited for, I think the biggest thing that's going to point to the success of this team is can Tanner Mordecai make the jump from the American Athletic Conference to the Big Ten? Because I think that. Pretty much every other position, if you're a player, you can play. But I think that quarterback is definitely going to be different. It's going to look different. You know, the the athletes that he's going to be going against, they're bigger, uh, they're faster. You're probably going to see more uh, intriguing defenses. You know, not not to say that, you know, in a group of five conferences that you don't see good defenses or whatever. But, you know, there's a difference. You're not going against uh, talents like Chase Young rushing you. You know, you're not throwing against uh, – let me get an example. Jeff Okuda or whoever. You know, mm-hmm. you're not throwing against those guys in the Athletic American Conference. I know I just named some Ohio State guys, which kind of just pissed me off. But <laughs> anyway, Jeff, Jeff, from, Jeff from Texas. Jeff a good guy, man. But uh, anyway, you're you're going against some different talent. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's going to look different for you at quarterback. It's definitely going to take an adjustment, but I think he can make it for sure. I so, think he can make it. In their wins last year, he threw 23 touchdowns, one interception. Mm. He threw ten touchdowns and nine interceptions in the games he started. The Mustangs lost. Mm. Tanner Mordecai. So, like that is mm. an example of yeah. how much that quarterback can matter here. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, the other thing that'll help him too, there's tight ends. Yep. I mean, Nowakowski, Pugh, Rucci, mm-hmm. uh, Eschenbach, and Kundov all got time at yep. the one. Those are all players who at least have played the one either in practice or whatever. Yep. A lot of talk today from Coach Tressel about Darian Varner, mm. the transfer from Temple. He says he expects a lot out of him. Mm. Uh, he was first team All American Conference or All American Athletic Conference. Uh, Twelve and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks last mm. year. Mm. And you talked about that yesterday. This defense yep. is a whole other level if you got a DN yes. that can beat the. Because that's kind of the one knock you said yesterday was that the actual pass rush mm-hmm. could take a hit 
I mean, you have to blitz and you do different things, yep. but that three mm-hmm. guys are going against five in the pass rush yep. is tough. But if you have someone out there that can be a difference maker to go along with Mullins and Johnson and, and Thompson and and Payas, there's there's just a lot of depth there. But yep. they can have a stud in Varner who we For didn't sure. see play. I mean, I didn't watch any Temple games last year. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Fickle said he's more explosive and uh, a, a force that could be big out there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be vital. That's going to be vital. Like we touched on yesterday, you know, in a 3-3-5 defense, or, and I bet they'll be running some 3-4 for sure against, like, heavier personnel and stuff like that. So it's important that you have somebody that can get to the pass rusher without you bringing pressure. You know, if you can have that, oh, bro, it, it, changes, it changes everything. Because now it's like the threat of us bringing four, the threat of us bringing five, you still have to account for that. But now you have to account for this stud on the other side who you need to put two on or you need to chip no matter what, whether we're bringing four or not. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very exciting, especially if they're saying that, you know, they think he can be a difference maker. It's going to do nothing but help that defense. He had seven and a half sacks. He missed the last two games last year. Oh, he, had, wow. he had an injury that he finally, I think he's healthy from now. He missed the spring practices with it as well. Right. But he missed the last two games for the Owls last year and still had seven and a half sacks and 12 and that's a half big. tackles for losses. Yeah, so, that's big. Uh, 844-770-3776. We've got Jason Wildy coming up a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll hear from Alex Strofe a little bit later as well as far as what he picked up at Badger Media Day. Maybe we'll hear that in the 3 o'clock hour. we got Stones coming up as well a little bit later in the show. So plenty to get to. We're still taking your calls, and we'll get to your text that came through on the other side. What are you most excited about for Badger football? New look offense, new look defense, new players, or the fickle effect? This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Oregon says he's excited for Ches Malusi. He thinks the kid's a baller. He I was agree. a great one-year transfer. He says he reminds him of uh, Pancheco from the Chiefs. Mm. So that's uh, that's a big shoes to fill here. But it does time up a little bit with the question from the Adam and Madison and the idea of you're a college athlete with mm-hmm. professional aspirations. How much does load management come into play? And he's kind of specifically getting to Braylon Allen. And I think Ches Malusi helps, yeah. and uh, maybe maybe Nate White helps. Um, they, there could be a couple other players on this team that could help, and that would, I think, make Braylon Allen a better prospect. They're not going to hurt his pro prospects if he is carrying the ball, half, I don't want to say half as much, but when you carry the ball as much as he did, yeah. I think if you cut that down 30%, and he's more efficient, that's not going to hurt his draft status. For sure. Not at all. Not at all. Honestly, there's not much (laughs) – there's not much he can do to improve or hurt his draft stock right now, to be honest. When you – when you come on the scene as explosive as he did as a freshman and sophomore, you know, your junior year, honestly, you just want to get through healthy and you're going to – you're going to get drafted in the top three rounds. Like, that's – that's a lock. That's a given. So – it's not going to hurt him at all. It's going to help recruiting. It's going to help Chaz, you know. The fact that they'll be able to split reps and Chaz will get more touches, it'll help Chaz's prospects at the next level. But it's not going to hurt Braylon at all, to be honest. I agree on that one, Adam. That's a good question. 844-770-3776. Our first Iron Jock poll question. What has you most excited 
about the Badgers this season. Right now, 68% of you say, actually 69% of you say the new look offense. Mm. 29% of you say Luke Fickle. The defense has zero votes right now. Yeah, man. Nobody cares about the defense. It's crazy. (laughs) Which is surprising because I think this defense, and we talked about a little bit uh, last segment there, but with Varner, the transfer from Temple, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the new players in the secondary, I think have an opportunity. I think this defense has an opportunity to be a top scoring defense, and I don't mean it in the traditional sense of like, oh, they're going to keep other teams from scoring. I think this team could create chaos and turnovers. For sure. For sure. That's the method. That's the method of madness, especially with this style of offense. Like, I want to see this defense uh, beat what we did in 2017. We scored a lot on defense, man. I want to see them score some points. And they'll have the opportunity to do so because, you know, like I said before, if you're in this high-powered offense and you can put some points up, now you're forcing the other team's offense to – that quarterback's going to be forcing some throws. You know, he's going to be getting eager, feeling the pressure to put some points up and – you know, maybe put the ball in some bad positions, and now you got to be advantageous on defense to create some turnovers and get in the end zone. And how hard is it for the defense? Once you know it, mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty easy for you. But when you're an opposing uh, offense here, mm-hmm. and now you have to come in, and especially year one, mm-hmm. you've never seen this defense. Never. I mean, Big Ten. I don't know who in the Big Ten on the Badger schedule played Cincinnati last year. Yeah. So you're only seeing it on tape, mm-hmm. but you are a student athlete, and is whatever that means to each institution, you still have to be at classes some, yeah. and you mm-hmm. are still a young person. Like yep. finding the time to learn mm-hmm. a defense like this, I think, could be really difficult and yeah. a, a competitive and a strategic advantage for this defense, let alone the players in it. Mm-hmm. But the player, you don't have to get that exotic with the blitz schemes when no. you have three, three, five. You have players that can come from mm-hmm. anywhere. Yep. And that, I think, makes life really hard on opposing offenses. Yeah, for sure. The scheme itself is already going to create problems for opposing offenses because a lot of people don't know how to defend it, to be honest. They're probably going to be watching film from Cincinnati, probably watch a little bit of Iowa State film. I know Iowa State runs a 3-3-5, and TCU ran it last year, and you saw the success that they had. So it's going to be – you're going to – Opposing offensive coordinators are probably going to, I mean, def- yeah, offensive coordinators are going to have to be studying other teams before they even see the Badgers. And then you have to take into account that, yeah, this might be the scheme, but then they have different players doing this as well. So you can't just say, oh, they're going to do it like this. This is how you run a 3-3-5, and these are probably the, how they're going to run their coverages or whatever the case is. But at the same time, you have to take into account now they have some different athletes doing this as well. So the same players that you see doing it at Iowa State or TCU are different from the guys that we're going to have doing it here at UW. So it's a, it's a lot to account for, and I think it's going to take teams four or five weeks to truly figure out, okay, this is what this defense is trying to do. These are their plans. And I bet even Coach Trestle is probably not even going to show that much until you get more into Big Ten play, to be honest. Coach Bielema had to say this uh, about the Wisconsin offense. It will be strange for people who have been Wisconsin uh, fans all their lives. Mm-hmm. If it goes well, it goes well. But if it doesn't, it has potential for landmines. That, to me, thinks that's. I think Brett intimating that, hey, this air raid offense that Longo runs won't work in the Big Ten. Mm. And I think as long as, and we'll give Coach Longo the benefit of the doubt, why can't it work in September and October if the weather's nice yeah. and it's even, even in the 60s? Yeah. Yes, you might need to make some adjustments mm-hmm. later in the year. Right. But if the if the sun's out and it's 65 degrees, 
or even 50 when it gets to nighttime, you can yeah. s- you can still sling that ball. Guys can go make yeah, some for plays. Sure, for sure. You can definitely still do it. I think it's I think what Coach Bieleman was alluding to is the fact that, which is true, this offense, it's, this scheme is a feast or famine uh, offense. You know, it's it's just like I'll keep alluding it to basketball. It's like you're going to live and die by the three. It's either feast or famine. Either they're falling or they're not. And you're going to have to find some other way to, to get it done. But, you know, that what helps is the fact that you have an established running back and Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi. So you can always fall back on that. And you can always fall back on the things that we've done before. You know, our offensive line and our skilled players are used to pounding the rock when we need to. So they'll be able to fall back on that, even though it will look different. But I think I think there is some fairness to what Coach Bielema said, is that this is a feast or famine offense. And if it's not falling, if it's not working, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough to overcome for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to really fall a lot on Coach Longo being willing to right. do what he said, which I think will take that. I mean, they, yeah. North Carolina did run the ball more than they threw it last year. Then mm. if they're giving you the run – Take the run. Yep. And I think that's where a lot of Badger fans' frustration came in last mm-hmm. year. It's just that they just only ran. Yeah. And if they're daring you to pass, pass it. Yeah. Now, I just don't – it sounds weird, but I don't still think they were capable of doing that <laughs> last year. I, it's hard to say, but, I mean, it just didn't look like whether that's Chris or Mertz or both or the, the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel like passing the ball yeah. can, like with consistent success – was something you could count on. Yeah, yeah. The tough part about the the scheme that we ran before was the fact that it put a lot of pressure on your on your quarterback and your receivers as far as operation. Yeah. So like, you had to be on and perfect in the pass game, and if it's hard to do that in college football, just period. So, you know, a lot of people look at it and they're like, "Oh, you're a Power Five uh, program, and you should be able to do pretty much any and everything that you want." But in all reality, like. There's not many college quarterbacks that are NFL ready and ready to run a pro-style scheme. And, like, even people that look at the NFL now and they might see people being in the shotgun more, it's still a pro-style scheme. Like, they're running a couple of RPOs. These are pro-style concepts for sure. You still have to come up to the line of scrimmage and take a pre-snap read of the defense and then as you're dropping back, realize what they're rolling to. So that's hard to do, you know, while you're getting rushed at the same time. So you can't. It's tough to say who the fault is on. I think what you said before, it's a, it's a combination of all, to be honest. you got to be able to adjust to your players, and your players got to go out there and execute at the same time. But, yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's a little, it takes a little pressure off the quarterback when you're in the spread scheme because you're in more one-on-one uh, situations as a defense. But at the same time, like if, if I'm a college D.C., what I'm doing is, man, I'm, I'm getting in your face a lot. <laughs> We're playing a lot of pressure. Uh, defense, uh, we're bringing pressure, we're in your face, our, our DBs are in your face, and we're going to force your quarterback to put the ball into the right position, which a lot of college quarterbacks just can't do, to be honest. 844-770-3776, how you get into the show. Uh, we are asking you, what are you most excited about for this Badger season? Someone vote for the defense. You're going to hurt Chris's Come feelings on. right now. vote for a defense. Uh, right, yeah, we got 50 <laughs> votes and none for the defense so far. Let's get out to Ed in Madtown. Ed, how's it going? I'm great, guys. I'm going to put a vote for the defense. Yeah. And the reason why, I'm looking for a more opportunistic defense mm. and a, and not a stale offense. There's been so many times last year the defense created turnovers and the offense just kind of like fizzled out. Mm-hmm. And I really think I got to see every home game last year. And it was so demoralizing. And I also, one last thing, um, I kind of thought the message for the last maybe five years, became stale 
So a new era, a new a new message, a new energy. Um, I just think that's uh, probably we're being overly after opera what's the word opportune i'm trying to talk now i just lost my train of thought we're being overly maybe excited but why not i mean um i like coach pickle's message i like the line i just heard an interview with phil longo and he's going to use Braden allen and he's going to use chas malusi he's going to do share the rock and i I think a lot of fans here want to see the ground and pound but i want to see some over the top let's go long like we used to see with um um, Russell Wilson. Um, I, I just think we really, really fell short in the quarterback department last couple of years. Sorry, Graham, but it's just a fact. Um, got to see a lot of miscues on his end that maybe since he played his first game against Illinois, he lit him up, but he never did that since. And I want to see more of that. So that's what I'm hopeful for. Thanks, Ed. 844-770-3776. What are you uh, most excited about? J.J. Poinette says he's most excited about the excitement. I'm excited about our friends at Canopy Wealth Management. Mm-hmm. They take the time to truly get to know and understand the dynamics and values and goals and plans for your family. No family fits the generic mold. Uh, neither should your financial plan. At Canopy, their clients' financial goals are something they're constantly striving to help reach maximum potential, which is why they work solely in your best interest. You define your goals, and they work towards making them happen with their comprehensive financial planning. Go to canopy-wealth.com to get started with them today. That's canopy-wealth.com. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Jason Wildey will be joining the show next segment. We'll keep this segment a little short so we don't keep Jason Wildey waiting mm. on us. But eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six is how you get into the show and uh, we are asking you our Iron Jock poll question what are you most excited about for this Badger defense Chris have you voted yet because it's still 0% for the new look defense I'm about to go vote right 63% now. of you say the offense 6% say the players 31% say Luke Fickle I am mm. surprised that the defense isn't getting more excitement I knew the offense would get a ton but I didn't think Fickle as the coach would be Maybe as many votes as he ended up getting there. But there's plenty to be excited about. You can chime in 844-770-3776. Chris, what does a new coach energy bring to a team, though? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It brings just a freshness, to be honest. That's probably the most most important thing is if you've been in the program for a while, if you're a player that's been in the program for a while, um, let's say you haven't even played that much, it gives you an opportunity. It's almost like transferring. You get an opportunity to show all these coaches who you are and who you truly are. You get to almost remodel yourself. You know, you don't have those preconceived notions that maybe the old staff had on you or some stuff that you did in the past here as a player. Uh, you get an opportunity to fit in a new scheme. And so it's, it's a freshness that it brings. And then also – you know, just depending on who the coach is, you know, that attitude. Maybe it's something that you're more accustomed to. Maybe the high school that you came from or the college that you're transferring from was 
was the same as this staff and that's what you're used to that's what you're looking for and maybe you didn't get that with the last staff so it's just a freshness to be honest it's almost like transferring well you know what's funny is when you talk about uh, the recruiting of players Mm -hmm. green from oklahoma state I believe it was Coach Fickle that said he's been recruiting him for like six years. Oh, wow. I guess he tried to get him to come to Cincinnati <laughs> and then with the transfer, so he's been right. a guy that uh, he's wanted for a long time. Right. So you could see him featured more in this offense. So I, I do think the new players is something to be really excited about here. And uh, Sather chimes in. He says he's going to vote for the defense yeah, for you, for you Chris. So uh, that's at least one vote or two votes now for the defense. There Alex G on the other side of the glass. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by... Coors Light. Alex, what are you most excited about? Now I'm a, de- a defensive player. Like I don't think that there's anything that's more exciting than a good defensive yeah. play. I'm still way more excited for Luke Fickle. Like He's <laughs> the guy. We, we have uh, someone who brought a non-Power 5 school to the, the college football playoff, yeah. and that's way more exciting than whatever we've got going on defense, in my opinion. Mm, that's fair. That's fair, I guess. I guess that's fair. I just man, hey, if you were on the defense, it might be a different conversation. That's all right, <laughs> right. But like, you're not there anymore. That's fair. That's fair. I just, I don't know, man. I just hate this thought that uh, everybody's just excited about offense, man. Nobody cares about a good defensive game. Nobody cares about. Nobody cares about your defense until it's like, oh, we need to stop. We need to stop. They couldn't stop anybody. And it's like, oh, maybe they did get some stops. How about you look at the game as a whole? Maybe the offense put them in a bad situation. You never know. Well, and that's the other thing. Like at specifically early in the season, I think it's going to be a lot more of our defense holding it together, sure. where our offense figures it out. And I think they For will. Sure. I think they will. But like, the defense is going to be what we let rest on our laurels on. What is that saying? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, they're going to be the ones that are going to be carrying us early in the season. I feel for like. sure. For sure, they should be. They should be. That's typically how it goes. Just like we've been saying about, you know, training camp with the Packers. Like your defense should shine early. It usually takes your offense a little time, especially if you get a new offensive coordinator, new offensive pieces. It's going to take them some time to get to know each other, know the scheme, and and get rolling. So you're going to need a defense. Rest on one's laurels. To be mm. satisfied with one's past accomplishments and not put forth any further efforts. Oh, I definitely was misusing in that. Ancient, <laughs> in ancient Greece, the laurel was a plant that was sacred to the god Apollo. Laurel wreaths were awarded to the winning athlete in the uh, Olympic, their version of Olympic Games, mm. held in honor of the god Apollo every four years. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you're definitely. So we'll have to ask Matt <laughs> if he has any uh, laurel wreaths. This is Relegion Hamilton. We'll take a break here. We're going to talk to Jason Wildey on the other side. And uh, I did hear a little clip that I sent to Alex G. We can play uh, as well. Uh, Jordan Love talking about where this offense is right now, which. As a whole, and in this clip he says so, not great. Plenty of time, Chris, but the offense is struggling. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, Jason Wilby. I'm not in a mood for drama with my Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton. I don't know if I will go as far as you will. With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boy. All right. Be good. <laughs> Presented by Coors Light. Jason Wilde joining the show to talk about the Green Bay Packers and 
We'll get to the, them and the the defense winning, I guess, early on. Chris Orr mm-hmm. with me here. Well, Janelle Hamilton presented by Coors Light. And Chris, you said that's not a, that uncommon. Yeah, that's not that's not uncommon. The defense should hit the ground running because I'm not going to say defense is easier to play, but uh, it's easier to get on the same page as the defense than for the offense too. So, Jason, how are you? And we'll start there. Like, is that what you've heard when you cover a team? What you've seen that the defense usually gets off to a faster start? Well, unfortunately, I heard that from Chris Orr a couple days ago when he was in <laughs> yep. with our custom day for Towns. And I was hoping that some smart NFL team would have signed him by now, so I wasn't <laughs> talking to him. But, nevertheless, uh, yeah, that's, defense is always ahead of the offense. But that said, um, this was day six. This was training camp practice number six, mm. day number seven of camp. And I think in our conversation with Jordan Love after practice, uh, there is some frustration that they're not more on the same page, especially in two-minute drills, than they are currently. That, I, I do think that even if we allow for the defense is always ahead of the offense early in camp, uh, there should be more success for the offense than they've had. And they've really had you know, a handful of plays that were encouraging, but they have really not been able to sustain much of anything, and that is obviously less than ideal. Hmm. Yeah, and and Jason, I I guess, uh, and Chris, you can chime in on this too, I've always maintained I'm not worried about Jordan Love physically, Right, and then the question really comes into it, and Jason, you can start first, like how much is really – uh, picked up, or can we know about a player being good or bad? Because mm. right now, I'll be honest, and you've used the comparison before, Jason, Mitch Trubisky, this screams a lot of Mitch Trubisky. There was a lot of mm. meh over and over again and a lot of excuses made about Mitch. Heck, you're one of Justin Fields, and even uh, and even last year with OTAs and, and training camp, stuff like that with Justin Fields, it was a lot of, well, it's just not there, it's not clicking. And that sounds very similar to what's going on with Jordan Love. Jason, I guess, where's your... Not worry meter, but like, where do you think Packer fans should be feeling about Jordan Love right now? Well, I think in fairness to Love, I think we also have to factor in all the children that he's playing with. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, the idea that Tucker Kraft, uh, third round pick, tight end out of South Dakota State, uh, Luke Musgrave, second round pick, rookie tight end who played two games for the Oregon State Beavers last year. Uh, Samari Toure, who played 112 NFL snaps as a seventh-round pick last year. Jaden Reed, who is a rookie second-round pick wide receiver, who seemed to beat Wisconsin single-handedly last yeah. year. But other than that, I mean, he's not experienced. Uh, two more of their draft picks from this year aren't practicing at wide receiver. Uh, obviously, Watson and Dobbs, played 48 and 46 percent of the snaps but it's not like they're as experienced as greg jennings or donald driver were when rogers took over so look we're all going to critique jordan love and and we should that's our job but as chris can certainly attest you know that old saying about this it taking all 11 that's not bs mm-hmm. and i would argue that if maybe jordan love had more veteran players around him the first week of camp, maybe they'd have a little bit more of a rhythm at least. Maybe they'd be moving the ball a little bit better. But 
we're basically looking at Dobbs and Watson as the quote-unquote veterans. And the, on any other team, those guys aren't veterans. They're the guys you're hoping make a year-two jump. Mm-hmm. And instead, we're talking about Christian Watson as their number one receiver. Uh, I, I just think that that, in fairness to Jordan, that yep. has to be factored. It doesn't make an excuse for his, you know, if he misses a throw or whatever else, but I do think we have to remember how the how the Packers and more specifically Brian Gutekunst have chosen to build this year's team. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's very true because not only is it Jordan Love trying to figure out how he can operate as a first year starter, but like you alluded to, it's the rest of the receiving core as well. He has nobody that he can look to to pick him up and has been like, man, I've been there. I've been there with a first-year starter. I've been there with, well, somebody's career would have to be super long to say I've been there with Aaron Rodgers when he first <laughs> took over here. But just anybody that could say, man, I, I've seen this situation happen. This is what we need to do. This is how we need to get on the same page. Or even just the experience of breaking down the playbook with him and understanding that, oh, man, the receivers in the room, we can start bending our routes like this, man. This is a way that we can help out Jordan. So I, I think this is a bigger reflection, like you said, on the front office than it is on uh, Jordan Love, to be honest, and even on Coach LaFleur. I don't even necessarily you can say that you can put too much on Coach LaFleur because no matter what, this is a player's game, and you need that veteran leadership. And a true vet in the league is somebody that's made it past that uh, that – cursed mark of three years to be honest that's a true veteran that somebody that knows how to how to get this done how to have success in this league and them not having that on the offensive side of the ball on people that are working hand in hand with Jordan Love every day to make this offense high powered is 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 you're seeing you're seeing why they're struggling right now I guess I have a question and my question will more so be are the struggles more so the offense not being on the same page, or is this a testament to how good the defense is looking? Is the offense actually just struggling this bad? Yeah, I, I, I'm always. I think we always have to be careful too, and and I'm glad you asked it that way, Chris, because uh, we have, these are Packers versus Packers, and right. so every time one side of the ball has success, uh, it means the other side of the ball isn't, and so I think because you know for my throughout my career, right? It's been Holmgren, Ray Rhodes for one year, Mike Sherman, Mike McCarthy, Matt LaFleur. Mm. Uh, with the exception of Ray, all those guys are offensive-minded guys. And while they have to coach the whole team, uh, when the offense doesn't have a good day, it's not like everybody's walking around going, boy, what a great day for the defense, because all these head coaches are offensive guys. And so, no, I don't think there's any question that the defense has played well, but again, like, there's been a couple plays that Watson has made or Dobbs has made or Toure has made, but uh, the, I'll be curious because I thought it was very telling yesterday. Jair Alexander uh, went up to Christian Watson and, and Watson said, hey, what side are you going to be on today? And Alexander said, your side. <laughs> I'm going to cover you all day because you're the number one receiver. And that's something that, that – Jair plans on doing in every game this season. We'll see if Joe Barry actually does allow him <laughs> to do that. But but if Christian Watson is your number one receiver, and again, tall, athletic, super fast, inconsistent catching the football. I mean, Rob Domowski's got a story today on ESPNWisconsin.com and ESPN.com about how Watson bought himself the highest-end 
Jugs machine this offseason so, because he knows he doesn't catch the ball consistently enough. That That's, you know, when I think back to guys like Devontae Adams uh, or Jordy Nelson or Greg Jennings, year two was an important developmental year for all of them. In fact, in Devontae's case, when he was thrust into the number one receiver role because Jordy tore his ACL in preseason in Pittsburgh, mm. it basically showed, and, and I know Devontae had an ankle injury that year, but it basically showed that he wasn't ready yet. Well, look at what he's become. And if we had judged him, there were some Packers fans who judged him on year two who said, uh, cut him and play Jeff Janis more, which may rank as the stupidest thing I've ever heard <laughs> a fan base say. But But it takes time. And you look at how good Devontae became, three-time first-team All-Pro, on very much on a on an arc to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame someday. And he had a rough year, too. So what is it then if we're sitting here expecting Dobbs and Watson to accelerate their development at such a light year speed that they don't get to have a year two like like Devontae did? If those guys have year twos like Devontae did, this offense is going to be terrible. They're going to win three games. But they don't have any margin for error because of the way they built the roster. On that point, talking with Jason Wildy, uh, he's out at Packers camp. You can hear him with Tauscher every uh, weekday, uh, 9 to noon here on ESPN Wisconsin. Kicking matters in Anders Carlson. He's a young guy. It sounds like what I'm reading, strong leg accuracy still uh, leaving something to be desired. They could have had uh, Mason Crosby. I guess they still could have Mason Crosby, but I don't want to say the Packers don't seem interested in winning football games, but it does seem like allowing their young players, including their, their young kicker, to get experience seems to be very high on the priority list. And yeah. having a kicker with a strong leg and not accurate is not the best recipe to win tight games, Jason, that they might be in this year. Yeah, I mean, no, no offense to Anders Carlson, but I, I, I was a proponent of Mason Crosby basically wants to play one more year. Um, maybe if it went well, he'd want to play more after this year, but he was willing to come back on a one-year deal that wouldn't have broken the bank. And I am of the belief that if Jordan Love, let's say in opening weekend against your Bears, Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> he directs a, a drive, you know, they, they take over at like the 10, like, you know, Keyshawn Nixon brings the ball out of the end zone. He shouldn't. Uh, they're down uh, 23-21. And so he's starting at the 10-yard line, and he drives the Packers offense to, say, the Chicago 30 and then the drive stalls out, and it's a 48-yard field goal. Um, I understand that you don't want to make decisions solely on that, but to me, I want the veteran kicker who I feel very confident is going to kick the 48-yarder so he can win the game 24-23, and so Jordan Love can walk out of Soldier Field going, hey, I had, you know, I threw two picks earlier in the game. I made some mistakes. But when the game was online, I got us in field goal position, and we won. Mm -hmm. It's totally different if all that stuff happens, and he drives him to the 30-yard line, and Anders Carlson comes out, and Jankopotamuses it, and misses the field goal, right? Because you can say all you want, oh, well, he got Jordan Love, he got him in position to win the game. Not the same as actually winning the game. So, you know, Anders Carlson today, I think, was four for six. Five for, se five for seven, four for six, which is obviously better than the two for seven he was uh, 
earlier in the week. But, yeah, he, he better figure it out because they have cast their lot with a young guy. And, and I would also add this. You know, I really like Pat O'Donnell, their punter. Mm-hmm. But they've got this kid from Dublin, Ireland, this lad, <laughs> uh, named Daniel Whalen, who punted at UC Davis. And I'll be honest, he booms the ball. And I wouldn't be surprised if through no fault of Pat O'Donnell's at all, they end up going with the young rookie punter, too, just because that's what they're doing at virtually every position. Uh, Jason, last thing I have for you, uh, obviously Rodgers had a lot to say about Sean Payton's comments on Nathaniel Hackett. I will say that when we talked to Melvin Gordon after the Super Bowl, he said that he wanted to quit football after playing last year with the Broncos. He said that on the air, so I do think there was some truth to it, but I also think Sean Payton shouldn't have said it. But Nathaniel Hackett came out today and kind of said, not that there was truth to it, but hey, there's a code. So, I mean, how much do you think this is grandstanding from Rodgers? And how much do you think this is him really um, backing his his his, uh, his guy and hack it? And is there an ulterior motive in what Roger says? Because I always feel like there is, but I I don't know at this time. <laughs> I think he's just backing his guy. Like if if uh, some uh, radio host in Madison for another station was trashing uh, you and Chris and Hamilton, uh, and I heard it. I would stand up for you guys, and I don't even like you, Jim. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, Sydney's over here. She's like, "That's not nice, Dad." Um, but, but seriously, like he loves Nathaniel Hackett, so of course he's going to have his back. There's no two ways about it. I would also agree with you, though, Jim. Uh, you can say that he shouldn't have said those things, but that doesn't mean he's not telling the truth. The issue that I have is I don't understand what purpose that serves. For Sean Payton, I guess it backs Russell Wilson mm-hmm. and basically says it's not Russell Wilson's fault they sucked. He was playing for a coach who was over his skis. Because from Sean Payton's perspective, if they're not any good this year and Russell Wilson is terrible, it's not like him saying this about Hackett has helped his cause at all, mm-hmm. right? Like if if he would have said it, you know, if he would have said. So uh, the personnel wasn't there. You know, I don't blame Nathaniel Hackett. We needed to upgrade some spots on our roster and help Russell so he didn't have to try and do everything himself. That would have at least also helped Sean Payton to be able to say, hey, I got here and the roster was not very good. We're rebuilding it. It's going to be a process. Instead, he basically said, this team could have been really good if the coach didn't suck. (laughs) So now if they're not good this year, isn't he basically saying, maybe it wasn't yeah. the coaching because either that or I'm not a very good coach either. Yeah, honestly, maybe I'm wrong on this. I took it at face value that Peyton kind of just screwed up and forgot he wasn't on Fox TV anymore and just uh, was like, just kind of accidentally realized, like, wait, I can't just say things. Yeah. I have to be more guarded as a coach again. I think he's definitely I uh, think that's covering for I Russell Wilson. Probably. What'd you say there, uh, both of you? Chris, go ahead. I, I said I think he's definitely just covering for Russell Wilson. Okay. I, I don't think it's. But but that does bring Jason brings up a good point in saying that if they suck again this year and Russell Wilson plays bad, then you kind of drive yourself into a corner. But I think it's more so him basically taking a stand and saying, I think he's trying to breathe some confidence into into Russell Wilson again and saying, bro, you still got it. You know that was something that he said that Russell still has it. It's not all Russell. Which you know usually whenever you have a season that bad, it's never just one guy. It's never just the quarterback. So and even Melvin, you know, adding his points as well. 
does does say that there's some truth to it but there is a code there's definitely a code he <laughs> he broke the code and you shouldn't have did that there was a better way to say oh man it's not all russell wilson there was some other things going on behind the scenes that could have been better that's all he, that's all he had to say to be honest uh, uh we'll go Chris, ahead jason uh the Sean Payton's online too, so I should probably let you guys go. All right. Well, yeah, Jason, thanks so much for uh, for hopping on with us. All right, guys. Take care. Be good. All right. That's uh, Jason Wildey. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light.